Good afternoon, listeners. This is Ed Franklin with the edfranklin.nolimits podcast. If you'd like to get a hold of me, like to be a guest, like to talk about something, please email me at edfranklin.nolimits at gmail.com. Uh, thank you for joining me today and listening in. Today is kind of an unusual um, podcast. It's not something that I would do on a normal basis, but uh, talking to some people, a friend of mine uh, mentioned that I should do a podcast on this topic. And um, when I was telling other people about him mentioning this, they said, oh, yeah, that would be a good podcast. So what the hell? I'm going to try it out. So this podcast is going to be about divorce, um, not because I'm an expert or a clinical psychologist or for any other reason. And then I have um, been actually divorced twice before my marriage uh, to Kit, who I'm married to now. And uh, so some people think that I must have some insights on it. And I do. Um, they're my opinions, not in the opinion of anybody else. And they're not expert opinions by any means. Uh, a lot of it has to do with children and how children handle divorce and how I perceive my kids as handling divorce. And, um, I know it's not a really popular topic. It's unfortunately a topic that, um, you know, what, you know, that, that we are all affected by either we have been through a divorce or we, our parents have, or we know somebody who's done that. And um, as horrible as it is at a lot of levels, sometimes it's the best thing and the only thing you can do. And I guess I'm taking it from the the um, position. It's about, you know, uh, managing expectations in a relationship. So I might be all over the place like normal with my podcasts. Uh, I did not take any notes. I'm just going off of um, kind of what the discussions I've had with people about this. And, you know, uh, it's one of these things that we no one wants to think about. Um, if you've been through one, you don't want to think about it. If you you don't want to ever think that this is going to happen to you, but uh, with a divorce rate of about 50% in America, I think it's still that I was going to check it before the podcast, but I didn't. Um, it's obviously a big deal. So like I said, uh, I have been married twice before. And, and let me just preface this whole conversation uh, with this is that this is not about me hanging out my dirty laundry from my two marriages, two failed marriages, if you want to call them failed. I mean, I, both marriages, I have three kids from each marriage. So um, in that respect, they were quite successful. And um, out of the respect for my ex-wives, and um, I would never publicly Really, I try not to ever talk about them in a negative way. There's no reason for it. There's no advantage to it. Um, it is what it is. I hate that saying, I guess, at some level. But we both um, were successful in our marriages, and we were both unsuccessful. So it wasn't anybody's fault at this point. I don't you know, really want to get back into that dirty laundry, like I said. But there's definitely, there's definitely some residual from those uh, relationships. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So I was married. Um, the first time I got married, I was um, 23 years old. And about 10 months later, we had my first daughter. So um, I, I guess um, to be a little vulnerable here, I don't think I was probably ready to get married. I think the people around us, our parents and things like that figured that it was just what kids do, what we should have done. And um, I, I know that I had some hesitancy back then about getting married, but went through with it anyway, because maybe I just had cold feet or whatever. And like I said, if, if never would have happened, I would not have had my three older kids. And um, that would be a shame because I love all 
three of them and they're all doing very well. And, um, and, uh, I would want that in my second marriage. Um, I was about 30 years old. I was only married five years the first time. And, um, I got married at about 30 years old in my second marriage. We were married for seven years, had three more kids, three more daughters. And it didn't last for whatever reason. I think mostly, uh, when I look back, it's because of our age. I'm, I look when if people ask me about marriage now, I, I think everybody should wait till they're about 30 years old. It was much different, obviously for our parents were getting married when they're 16, 17 years old sometimes. And I'm not sure you're quite ready to handle that relationship, um, at that level. And, you know, when you talk about expectations, it's something I, I I've talked about the success I've had in my current marriage. We've been married almost uh, 20 years next month and been together 24 years. But we had a lot of conversations about our relationship and about child rearing and, you know, what our expectations were of each other. And I did not do that in my first two marriages. We did not have those those conversations. I think when you're younger, there's a lot of you know, you romanticize a lot about how things will be. And um, I was actually talking to a, a work um, friend and I was thinking we were, she was having an issue with a, with a landlord, uh, with her roommate. And I was thinking back to, I, I've only had one roommate in my life besides wives. Um, and that relationship with my roommate was, um, was another, there's a friend of mine that I grew up with. I was, I never saw him. So all I made, all I cared about is that he paid rent. So we didn't have any like cohabitation issues um, because it was, we were in a big house, like a four bedroom house with two guys in the house. So I really never had roommates to mess with uh, at that level. I guess I did maybe live with my sister for a while, but same thing. She was gone all the time. She traveled a lot. So she was never around. There was never, you know, dishwashing issues or pet issues or anything like that. We were growing up. So when you do, you know, when we got married, all of a sudden now I'm living with a woman that I probably don't know very well. I mean, we didn't know each other that long before we got married. Um, and like I said, we kind of, I think it was kind of romantic. And, you know, when you have a marriage and uh, now you put kids into the mix, it's a whole nother level of responsibility, a whole nother level of expectations. It's something we never discussed. We just had kids. Um, I think a lot of people do that. A lot of people just get married and think the next thing to do is to have kids. I think, um, and like I said, this is all my opinion and I'm just kind of going, just kind of running. I'm gonna, I want to get the, the bulk of this conversation I want to talk about is how the kids were affected by it because it wasn't um, always positive how the kids were affected by it. We were not, uh, either one of my first marriages, we were not screamers, yellers. We weren't fighting all the time. It wasn't, it wasn't like that kind of thing where it's just unbearable to live with that person. We just had very different um, thoughts of how marriage should be and um, how child rearing was. That's, that's kind of where our, where we fell down in our relationship and probably didn't nurture each other as much as we should have. We kind of focused on the kids and that took us down different paths that, you know, unfortunately the marriage just didn't work out. So, um, like I said, Kit and I had a lot more time to talk about it. Uh, they weren't bad wives. They just weren't, they just, and, and I wasn't, I don't think, I hope I wasn't a bad husband, but just the compatibility wasn't there as we started living together uh, as a married couple. So, you know, it's funny. I've looked at statistics about this before because my kids all, you know, 
all of them are married. Some of them are in relationships. Some of them have kids and they're not married. Um, I think marriage at a at the most fundamental base is a really ideal and great um, institution. But again, takes a lot of discussion, takes a lot of understanding, takes a lot of um, a lot of understanding each other's expectations. I kid a lot with women since I have seven daughters. I kid a lot and say, you know, I think women a lot of times want to change men. And uh, if you go back to the basics of men and women, men and women are very different animals, right? We think very differently. We have uh, men don't have tons of thoughts running around their head. Probably five things they're all you know that they're they have in their head. Women um, have a lot of thoughts at the same time. I think just from my experience, they they're multitaskers in their brain and multitasking is not always the best thing, but I, I talk to women, um, my daughters and other women about marriage and, you know, they'll, they'll start dating a guy and they're thinking, you know, this guy's almost what I want. Kind of, it's almost like picking a purse sometimes or a car. And there's a few things that I can change him. And as soon as I ever hear that from anybody, whether it's a guy or a girl, I'm like, you can't change. You're not going to change people. You're not going to change him. You're not going to change her. There, um, in fact, I think with guys, anything that you want to think you're going to change in that guy, I think it's going to get worse. I think the guy is going to get, um, as he gets more settled in at a job and his routine in life, I think they actually get worse and it magnifies anything they were doing that maybe you didn't like that you thought you could change. I don't think that that is a, um, I don't think that's possible. I think that People do change, but I don't think someone else makes them change. So, for instance, I say that for this reason. I was a completely different person until I had children. When I had my kids, my entire focus changed. And I was very focused on my kids, spending time with them, making sure they had what they needed. I worked hard. I worked a lot. I um, I uh, was not there all the time when I was, especially in my second marriage, I traveled a lot and I know that she didn't understand that was what was going to happen. I didn't understand that what was going to happen. But as I got into that relationship, and there were some opportunities that came up, and I needed more money. I had three kids plus three kids with my um, ex-wife at that time, and so for me, sales was the way to get, you know, to get those funds to get that money. And in order to make that money in my life, I went and I traveled the eleven Western states for several years. And I know that was hard on my on my ex-wife because she was, you know, she was there with the kids all the time. Now, uh, I would never compare like Tom Brady compared his football life with military. That wasn't the case. I was coming home every week and these military guys and God bless military women that can do this. Uh, military wives and and husbands that can stay home for six, nine months when, when their spouse is out um, doing military things in other countries and on ships and all that. I, I don't know if that life, if I could have done that, um, if I would have been good at being away or been at, been good at being home while my spouse was away. So, you know, this is kind of the funny thing about marriage and divorce and all the things I'm talking about today is that certain people can do it. Uh, and I, I think it goes back to that expectations, right? Well, if you're in the Navy, I know you're going to be gone. I expect you to be gone this long. I know that a lot of times in those military marriages, when the man comes back or the woman comes back, they want to kind of take back control of their household. But 
the person that was living there the whole time has been running everything for all this time. So, I mean, these are these are all these little things that can cause problems. So anyway, I was traveling a lot, and I and I completely understand that I wasn't there as much as I would have been, obviously, if I just had a nine to eight to five job and I was going back and forth every day. So that was definitely heavy on our on our relationship. I think in-laws caused some in my first relationship. In-laws definitely were a factor in our relationship. And and again, my attitude towards things was completely different than it is today. Completely different. Once I had kids, it was very, I was very much focused on the kids, maybe too much. I might've been so focused on the kids that I wasn't focused on my spouse and that could have caused problems too. Whatever the reason we ended up not being married, like I said, there's no, this is not a, not uh to, to call anybody out or to call myself out or whatever it is what it is. And we got divorced, but like I said, out of that six great kids. So, um, anyway, um, so getting to the kids. So this was the worst part of getting a divorce was how the kids were affected by this. You know, they're going along. They were very young. When I got divorced the first time, my older kids were, um, uh, man, well, five years, probably six years old when we got divorced. So I had three kids and we got divorced. So my oldest was six years old, then a five-year-old and a four-year-old. And they obviously didn't understand why mom and dad were not now together. And there was other people coming into relationships. My future wife, um, her future husband, there was, you know, there was all this tension and custody and we had a very difficult divorce when it came to custody and money and things like that, which, which really raised the emotional level, right? From sadness to anger. Um, I did all the, you know, we both did all the wrong things that they tell you not to do when you get divorced, like talk about each other and get frustrated and talk to kids about stuff that they have no idea how to handle, how they have no idea how to, how to, um, assimilate that information as a child. And, you know, I fell into that trap, just like a lot of people fall into the trap. My ex-wife fell into that trap too. And, um, and I'm watching my daughter right now, my oldest daughter having, uh, she has an ex-husband and they share custody of their daughter. And this is kind of how this, one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is she, she kind of, encouraged me to do this the one that started me on the podcast thing it's just to talk about it because i see when we go out there to visit or you know we talk periodically during the month and there'll be hiccups in her relationship with her ex-husband and it absolutely affects her daughter and she'll ask for advice and i'm like man i don't you know you got it it's it's almost it seems almost impossible to get along with an ex out of the gates, right? When you're, you hurt, you're, you know, you're, there's a lot of unsure things going on. It's, it's hard. You don't know what's going to happen with your kids, how much you're going to see them. You have to now have this relationship that's maybe weekends or every other weekend or uh, it's, it's really, it gets, it gets messy and, you know, it all could have been, didn't have to be that way, but we didn't take that time up front to do that preparation. I mean, like anything I talk about on this podcast, about life and about getting over limitations and all this we there's always a plan right there's always a there's always something to execute before you can get to the next thing 
And here, as humans, we don't do that necessarily with marriage. We don't do a very good job at planning out how things can be and kind of finding out about what the downfalls are. And, you know, you got to think about it this way, too. If you're in a relationship with a girl, a woman, and you're, you, you're in, you love her and you want to care for her and you want to do all these things, the last thing you want to do is say, hey, well, by the way, when we're married, I'm going to do this. Is that okay with you? Right. That's that seems like a reasonable statement, but it's really not reasonable when you're talking about emotions. I think that we have this we have this perception of what marriage is going to be like or this. Uh, and we get that from television or our parents. We watch other people's relationships and we say, you know, that's how I want my marriage to be. Well, that's great if you were the same exact people as those, as those two. Um. And I'm going to get into my current relationship a little bit later, but these are those things that all of a sudden you're like, well, this is not how I thought it was going to be. I mean, I thought we were going to be in love and we were going to wear white dresses and the house was always going to be clean and the kids were always going to be perfect and they weren't going to get sick. And, and when all these things come up, it just adds stress to that relationship and we don't do a good job at managing it in in the castle, so I'm a Catholic and we got married in the Catholic church. So my first wife, I got married in the Catholic church and we had to go to these called pre-Cana classes, pre-marital classes, whatever they call them. A lot of you may have had to go to those when you got married and it's probably the worst class I've ever been to. So I had to go when I married Kit too. And I could have taught the class a hundred times better than what they were teaching because it's not reality, right? They'd give you these tests, these worksheets to do and and they're doing their best to try to make you understand what you're getting into, but you have no clue. And when I say it, that it's not bad. It's not what you're getting into is a horrible situation. It's just when two people have different expectations of what's going to happen, you're going to have an issue. There's no difference if you go to work for a guy or girl, you go to work for a company, and they gave you a job description of what's going to go on. And if that's if you're doing things that are way outside of that job description, you're going to have an issue with that. You're going to it's going to be hard to manage that relationship. It's no different when you're married. We have this perception of what we think marriage is going to be like, and we get into it. And sometimes people do, and I'm not necessarily saying my relationships, but I've watched other people get married. And and um, I remember my sister, when she got married, her husband had had a girlfriend the whole time they were dating. And even when they got married and after he had a girlfriend, well, you know, I don't know about you, but that's usually a bad idea when you're getting into a relationship that you have another one going on. And so obviously he was not engaged or had any interest in being married. If he was going to have another relationship, uh, if that was discussed and everybody was down with it, that's your business. I don't care what you do, but on, in the mo for the most part, that's usually not how it works out. And I've watched a lot of that go on by the way, where, uh, and primarily guys, I know girls do it too, but I'm just saying from my point of view, I've noticed a lot of guys that go, you know, um, this side chick here uh, doesn't bitch at me, doesn't bother me, doesn't tell me to take out the trash, doesn't tell me to do, well, no shit, she doesn't, right? She's that, She's a side chick. She's not interested in your day-to-day -day success. She's not interested in your child's day-to-day -day success. And I guess it's really no, I'm not cutting her down either. The relationship this guy and this side chick have, they apparently have better set as expectations than the husband and the wife did so i'm not condoning that at all believe me it's, it's not what i'm condoning i'm just saying that they probably have a better understanding of the relation their relationship than the one that he has with his wife and like i said it's no different in business or uh 
you know, any relationship you have with friends that you have certain expectations that you expect, you expect somebody to be there at nine o'clock to have breakfast. You're there at nine o'clock to have breakfast. Um, but marriage, I mean, obviously with a 50%, 50% failure rate in America, we are not doing something up front to make that marriage is right. Right. So, and I'm not even saying that the people that get divorced should have never been married. They might've had things change. Expectations change. People grow up. They, they get into different things. They learn different things. They find out that they like different things. And they say your tastes change about every seven years and your physical taste when you're eating food. I know that I'm not the same person that I was when I was 23 years old. Now, now if that person's spouse is not growing with you or, you know, you're not, or allowing you to be that, you know, have those other things and you're not allowing them to do those other things, it can be a problem, right? Um, anyway, so back to the kids. So the kids have to deal with all these adult problems that they don't want to deal with. They have enough problems at school and, you know, they're starting to get into relationships. And like I said, they're watching you, um, how you're managing each other's anger and your, you know, all these different emotions. And it's very difficult when, because as much as I want to say I was all about my kids, I was being an asshole too uh, on the other side of things, being rude to my ex-wife and saying things to the kids about her. And she was doing the same thing, I'm sure. And it was not, it wasn't good for anybody. We had a friend, I had a friend that when the kids were in elementary school, and this is after I met Kit, that him, he and his wife decided marriage wasn't the best for them. It wasn't, wasn't working out for them. But instead of doing what I did, what, you know, doing what my ex-wife did or whatever, they had this really amicable split up. And in fact, they even lived on the same street and lived like two doors down from each other. And the kids were able to go back and forth to either house and they never really let their egos get involved, right? They never really said, well, the kids are mine. They're with me this weekend. I don't want you talking to them, things like that. Um, I mean, it got that bad when I was with the kids and their mom called them. I didn't want them to talk to them. That was just stupid. That was just, you know, looking back, it was just being really immature and being just being an asshole. And it was the same way. If I didn't have the kids over, a, you know, I would have them every other weekend. If I called on my non-weekend, that was really her time. I should have just let her have her time with the kids. And I did it. Obviously, I wanted to talk to my kids, but, you know, the reality is I did it to piss her off, too. So just being honest with you. Um, I had a lot of growing up to do through my 20s and 30s. And um, I needed to just kind of stop and get my life. If I would have just stopped and got my life together and not been so concerned about what she was doing. Once we got divorced, her business was not my business anymore. I, I tried to make it my business and she tried to make vice versa. I'm saying that as much as I'm letting them off the hook, I'm telling you that they're on the hook as much as I was. We were both at fault in this whole thing. Um, you know, it was just those things. So I guess what I'm, the reason I'm telling you that is, for you that aren't getting, or the use that aren't, excuse me, for you who aren't married yet and you're thinking about getting married, these are things to consider. These are, uh, you know, these these conversations, these expectations need to be discussed if you want to be successful in your marriage. I, with Kit, had a great opportunity. Had, and it was, the four years came out of my resistance of getting married. I was like, I'm not good at this. I don't, you know, I'm not good at the relationship. I'm fine with the kids. I can get along with them and everything. But, whoa, sorry about that. I just about blinked my microphone right off the thing there. As far as um, 
um, as far as uh, just lost my train of thought, but so I, I was oh, so I was fine with the kids. I was fine in that relationship, but I couldn't manage my. I don't know if you want to call it romantic, intimate, uh, you know, day-to-day adult relationship, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And look, I have some friends that have some great relationships. I have friends that are on Facebook, friends I knew from high school that are married still. That you know, They were high school sweethearts and they're still married. And I'd love to sit down with them and find out what the secret is. I think I figured it out by now. But um, to, to be able to grow up from being a teenager to now, you know, they're close to 60 years old, probably, uh, is pretty, is super impressive, first of all. And I congratulate them anytime they have a anniversary, because it's really impressive that, that our parents and our grandparents and stuff could stay married that long. So we all have, we all know those people, right, that have been married super long. And, you know, they're not necessarily um, ecstatic about their relationship, but they know they're responsible about their um, that's 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 a whole nother topic, actually, a whole nother podcast on, you know, do you want to not settling, but you have to understand that um, they grew up in a different time. And it was, um, I guess, it, just a lot more robotic. And that's a bad excuse, because we should be able to be married for 60 or 70 years now, too, if we had discussed those things coming up. But the kids here, the kids are dealing with all these all these emotions and things and us being really mean to each other. And while we're telling the kids, you can't be mean to people. You have to be nice to them. We're sitting there firing darts from either side on a regular basis. My relationship now with Kit, I've, I've talked about it a lot. I'm not going to go too far into it. I want to, I really, like I said, want to talk about how the kids have to deal with this is just a, she just understands who I am. And when we, when we met and we were able to talk about it, these are the things I was going to do. I could probably guarantee you that just about none of you women could live with me um, because I'm that much of a pain in the ass. Right. So I have, I'm very set in my ways and certain things I do. I'm very adamant about certain things. I do certain things I say. Um, so I, I can, I could absolutely see it upsetting somebody else. Kit just, um, puts up with it i guess and vice versa i mean she does things that some guys couldn't weren't wouldn't be interested in hanging out with on a regular basis but it totally works for us and i'm very proud that the fact that we're going to be married 20 years next month and been together that 24 years and uh we did a good job with the kids as far as i'm concerned on our end and what we could do and the and the spouses did fine you know did fine on their side with how they managed the kids but we were very, um, we had a very structured uh, relationship, very structured situation for the kids. So they kind of knew what was going to go on. And we ended up, you know, we were both single parents when we met and ended up watching our spouses go through the single parent thing while we were, while we were together. So since I didn't get married to Kit until I was 40 years old, a lot of the friends we had that got divorced, they were married much younger. So I... I had the benefit. So we were watching these people go through divorces when our kids were in middle school and high school, which was kind of odd to watch. Anytime your friends get divorced, it's weird because you almost have to pick sides with somebody. We had already been through it when the kids were little. So um, it wasn't something we were going to have. We were facing um, as a bad relationship and things like that either. And I, 
you know, there's always that piece that Kit and I have a lot of fun together. We laugh a lot. We uh, we cry minimally, but it's usually happy tears. Having 16 grandkids is pretty cool. And um, we're both kind of striving to be better at things all the time. We're I'm not anywhere close to retirement. I'll never retire. I'm always coming up with something new to work on or learn. I read a lot. We do a lot of things like that. Kit reads a lot. So we're kind of trying to improve our lives. And we do hang out with people, um, you know, that some people were divorced, some people were married. And this doesn't come up. It's just not an issue anymore because the kids are all grown. But I will tell you that our divorces, hers and mine, she was divorced once, absolutely were hard on the kids in certain ways. And I'd love to be able to sit here and tell you exactly how it was hard on the kids, but I can't. because. It's human beings, and they they perceived things differently than I probably think they perceived them. We got to a point where I get along fine with my spouses, ex-spouses now. They come to the house for parties. They We talk about grandkids. We talk about our kids. Um, if they're having any issues, we are. it's easy to just jump on the phone with my ex-wives and talk to them about that child and their, you know, whatever they're going through, and we're here to help them. And and sometimes it's just a bit session between me and my ex-wife about that kid because they're doing things that we we had better, higher expectations for them. And sometimes it's such success. Sometimes we're talking about how great they are and all the things we're doing. I don't have, um, when I met Kit, her parents were both with us. And I didn't really have that in-law situation to deal with. I was already older. I had a house. I had, you know two ex-wives. I had six kids at that time when we met. So the in-laws weren't an issue. They were always welcome. They would come over. We had a great relationship in that respect. So those are some pressures I didn't have to deal with as a, uh, as a young, you know, in my twenties. And of course, in my twenties, I would have been a lot less forward with those people. I would have been a lot less um, on my own, I guess. I'm still learning a lot of things. By the time I'm 40, 45 years old, I have in-laws. It's like, dude, I'm, you know, we're almost peers and I, I work with people your age. So um, we didn't have those pressures. So pressure is a good word to use because both my ex-wives and Kit too, we had financial pressures come up at times, you know, loss of jobs or, you know, just the, ec the economic situation that we were in. Um, we had to buckle down and do some things and both people had to be involved in that. Um, to make things work and economic stress was is very difficult they say that's the number one people reason people break up is money uh you know you got a, a guy or a girl that trying to move up corporately or whatever and they have obligations they have to take care of at work and the other person's stuck at home with the kids and um you know there's all these little factors that can go down to put pressure on those relationships and you have to step back from those things. And like I said, I, I'm not going to sit here and give you advice on how you make a good relationship. Um, I would use the same advice in business as if you have to communicate, you have to communication is key. You got to say, look, I didn't like what you did or what, how you said that or whatever. And, you know, give the person, the other person a chance to, you know, say, well, this is why I said it that way or whatever. Um, holding grudges in marriages are it's terrible. I talk about circle of friends. A lot of times I see people that are getting divorced or having relationship problems and their circle of friends is different. 
and I'm not saying this is your fault, ladies. It's the only one I can see, but it always tends to be, from what I've witnessed, it's a lot of girls that maybe single girls or divorced women that are like, you know what, you don't need to put up with that shit with this guy. And it's not, it always seems to be girls in my view, but I'm sure guys do the same thing. I just don't, um, I was talking to someone the other day. I just don't discuss my relationship unless it's in a positive way with, with other men. I think women tend to, if they have friends that they hang out with, they tend to let more out about positive and negative, I think. And I'm just saying that's kind of what my perception is. It could be completely wrong. And I don't want any emails. I don't want any Facebook posts that are going to tear up what I just said. I'm just saying that's been what my experience was. So as I was, as I was talking to my oldest daughter, her ex-husband was not He's not super cooperative. He's a little bit, um, I wouldn't say a little bit. He's a lot, uh, a lot of bit um, vindictive to her. And I think it's jealousy. And he kind of does things out of spite just to, just to irritate her. And I know my daughter's a lot like me and you can, you can push my buttons pretty fucking easy. And he will push her buttons on a regular basis and, of course, as a father, I just want to punch him because that's what fathers should want to do to protect their kids. But she has to deal with this. And, you know, we know, you know, I guess we really need to understand that there's two sides of the story. Um, I cannot tell you how my wives, ex-wives were feeling when I did whatever I did. And they can't tell you how I was feeling. So um, you have to, but you have to try to see things from other people. Right. And I got that advice from somebody today that you have to you have to under, try to understand the other people, person's perception of what's going on. Right. And. Um, and we and we have to do that with our kids, we have to kind of kind of kind of figure out what the kids are seeing, what's going on, how they're assimilating this information. And we don't do that. Right. As parents, we know what's best for the kids. Blah, 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 blah. We don't always know what's best for our kids, by the way. And divorce is not what's best for kids. I mean, if you're in this really abusive, battering relationship, which some people that are listening could have been in one of those relationships, very abusive. Yeah, you need to get the kids out of that situation because it's just bad. It's bad for um, the kids. It's bad for the spouses. And we see this on the news sometimes, not that I've ever been involved in anything this violent, but we see dads and moms just kind of go off the friggin' deep end because of relationships. And I, you know, I've said before, I think everybody needs a psychiatrist, psychologist when they're born, just somebody to talk to. And uh, there's no doubt that guys are worse about holding that stuff in until, you know, manifests in some way. And it could be, hopefully it's not physical or mental abuse, but we definitely have seen that happen. And I know every one of you knows that that's happened. On a very positive side, I think that Kit and I really have a great relationship. It's probably one of the better marriages, if not the best marriage I've ever been around. Because we just don't let those little things uh, be a factor in our relationship and how we treat each other. And and um, I'm helpful around the house. She's helpful when I need something. We don't just think that that's, you know, you're a woman, so this is your job. We don't do that. I, I'm of course, since I was a single dad, I had to do those things too: wash dishes and wash clothes and all those things. I don't mind helping with that. I like to help her so we get done quicker. Um, 
we have a lot of the same interests as far as uh, when it comes to, you know, going to the gym, things like that. We can do that together. We don't have an issue with that. And I'll tell you a funny thing about the gym is we would go, when we go to the gym, we don't talk to each other for an hour, right? We're there together. We really don't talk to each other. I have my music on. She has her music on. We're there to get some business done. So it's kind of funny that people will say, well, I, that's kind of cool. You guys can work out together. Well, yeah, we do work out together, but we don't. I don't talk to her. I have way different things on my mind than she has on her mind when we're working out. And you don't want to be inside my head on certain days. And I don't want to be inside yours either because it's, you can get a little convoluted in there, but that's okay. So, and we don't look at that as a time that we're not spending together. We don't have to be holding each other's hand every five minutes um, during our relationship. We have certain likes we like, we have certain, this is a good funny thing. So, Kit likes older movies. She likes like Marilyn Monroe. I, I, I don't like those movies. She likes to read certain types of books. I don't like her, her books. She doesn't like the books I like to read. There's times I'd like to watch a documentary on TV. She doesn't want to watch it. It's, it's not her thing. It's fine. I do that on my own. Or we come up with something in the middle, middle ground. We don't argue about that kind of stuff. Um, we pretty much, uh, I've, I've been around people that just can't even decide on where they go to eat. We don't have that problem. We can get that to work out. And and the reason for it is because we know it's not a huge deal. It's just not a big deal. You know, you've heard the phrase, pick your battles. We just don't have those battles. We don't have, you know, we're looking for, we have to move out of this house because Atlanta wants to move in. We're kind of, we pretty much want the same type of thing. We know, we know what the minimums are. We know what the maximums are. So we know we can stay within those, in those boundaries. So I guess boundaries is a good word too. I mean, we have, there's certain things that I have a lot of friends that are girls. I go out to lunch with girls all the time. I do business with women. I do business with um, other guys. She has friends that she knew from high school. She'll go out to lunch. I mean, we even, we talk to ex-girlfriends and boyfriends. We don't, there's just no, there's no jealousy there um, that we just don't have that barrier that we put up. Um, look at if, if I decide I'm going to go do something, she decides she's going to go do something. You can't stop what we're going to go do. If we don't value our relationship enough, then that's then that's what that is. And I think maybe sometimes in these divorces, maybe some of the people don't put enough value on that relationship. What it means to be together, what it means to have kids that you that you know are watching you. Um, our lives are not exactly where we want them to be. That's that's our goal, right? It's to get our lives where we want them to be. And those are discussions we have to have on a regular basis about what would you think about this or think about that or think about, you know, we've talked about moving out of the state. We can't decide and we're not moving out of the state today. Anyway, we couldn't even decide where to go. As long as we're together, it's fine. But, you know, we can't come up with a collective place where we'd like to live. We don't want to freeze. We don't want to burn up. You know, we live in paradise already. So these are those little things that really get in the way of and, and cause divorces because they escalate. It's just this one thing and this thing and this thing. And I had a guy one time ask me, um, said I had a Harley, right? I got rid of my Harley. And, uh, when I bought the Harley, he says, oh, your wife let you get that? No, we don't have a relationship like that. I don't ask her if I can do, go do something or if I can have something. I'm considerate of her thoughts if I was going to buy another bike and it was you know $30,000, I'm going to go tell her, look, I'm going to spend thirty grand. Are we cool? Are you cool with that, right? It's something we're going to do together, but still, if we didn't have the, I'm not going to go do it. Um, but I don't need permission to do anything. 
go anywhere. I don't share her location. She doesn't share my location. Those are just little trust things that we just don't get into. So because our relationship's like that, we were lucky to have our girls. We had six daughters living with us at one time. And I hopefully they saw that, that that's kind of how it was a give and take thing, right? We all helped each other get things done. I remember on Saturdays, every Saturday morning, everybody had a chore. We had a chore board. They'd have to go look and see what their chore was. And on Saturday morning, we would all spend, you know, two hours, three hours, whatever it was to get these chores done. There's a lot of people living in a house. You had eight people and two dogs, I think, living in a house. Um, and we had to, we, if we wanted to have a fun weekend, we needed to get those things done. Everybody was cool with that. Those were the expectations. If someone spent the night at someone's house and they weren't able to do it, then they'd pick up next week. They just, we just weren't letting those little things get in. And I, I really believe that a lot of times these relationships don't last is because of these little things, right? You have very, uh, relate, people will have very specific things they're doing in their relationship. The woman does this and the guy does this. And then they try to meet in the middle somewhere and she thinks he's doing less than her and vice versa. And I think that can, that can cause a lot of problems. Um, man, kids. So we had, you know, I had my kids and she had her kids. So one of the things that's kind of backwards when we got married, we talked about, look, if something, I got to take care of my kids, I got to go do it on my own. You need to do it on your own with your kids. Typically, when you get married, you don't have kids. You nurture that relationship. And as the kids come, you continue to nurture your relationship. And the kids are secondary. Um, we have, we know that we're the most important people in the house because we put food on the table. We clean the house. We do all those things. Um, but since we had, since we already had kids, we had to kind of change up that you know, ideology, ideology about who came first. And our kids had to come first for uh, each of us because it wasn't their fault that we got divorced and now we got remarried. It wasn't their fault. We asked, I asked the kids if it was okay if I got married to Kit, if they were cool with her, if they were cool with, you know, the situation, the living situation was going to change. And they were old enough to make, you know, a pretty good education, educated uh, decision. Of course, a couple of them were younger. And they just kind of got pulled through, but um, we were con we were understanding that if, if if my kids didn't get along with her, it was not going to happen, and vice versa. If they didn't like me for whatever reason, if I was a bad guy, it wasn't going to happen. And we would never have gotten married if we didn't think that we could make this whole thing work, and it did work. We commingled well, and uh, as the kids grew up, they looked back at us. I think they they got a good example of what a good relationship could be, but. You know, there was a lot of damage done already with divorces that we had to deal with. There was definitely fallout from the divorces and how the kids even react now in relationships. And, you know, we give advice sometimes uh, to our kids and they'll ask us. And like I said, I think a lot of it has to do with just not um, letting all those little things get involved. And, man, I'll tell you, I, I know you look it up online and, of course, everything's true on the Internet statistically people who live together are less apt once they get married they have a lower success rate and it doesn't seem like that makes sense the living the cohabitation is not that big of an issue i mean unless i remember a friend's episode when they were he, ross was dating this woman it was just a pig she had stuff all over the house it, i can see where that could become a problem i i have a little bit of ocd maybe a lot of it but 
when we got married, I had to, a lot of that had to go out the window because I had to change the way I perceived those things. And I wasn't going to force that on the kid. I wasn't going to say, Hey, you need to do it this way or I, it's not going to work. So I've had to put up with a little bit of that lack of OCD, I guess. And uh, it drives me a little crazy, but you know, that's just, I have to manage my relationship with myself too and say, this is not that big a deal. Um, the, the phrase pick your own fights or pick the, well, pick your fights in life. I think I said that earlier in the podcast. It's a big deal. Is it is, you know, is this situation that she just, she said something or she did something, is it worth arguing over? And, you know, generally it's not even worth arguing. It's like, all right, well, if you want to go do that, that's fine. I mean, we've done things where we just split off. I mean, she goes and does one thing, I go and do another. Um, I have friends that I have relationships with that she knows the people, but she's really not involved in that relationship I have with that person. It's, it's just, you know, she has a lot of work friends that she may go do some things with. I'm not involved in that. I could go with them as a group, but, you know, it's just not that big. I, I just think we make too much of little things. And I think that ultimately leads to a lot of divorce. Um, like I said, we've watched people and, and a lot of the people that we, that we know that got divorced at an older age, you know, older I'm saying when our kids were in high school. So um, they had gotten married very young and, as they were growing up, they were kind of growing apart. You know, like I said, I think the institution of marriage is, is amazing. I think it's, it's, it's the foundationally, it's the greatest thing in the world, right? To be able to spend this time with this one person and you guys get along and, you know, you love each other and you do all these things together and you raise kids together and all that, but it's not for everybody. And it's not for every couple, Right. You could have, and I've seen this, I've seen two couples get married, get divorced, and then have, then go find great relationships. I mean, it happened to me and kids. So I've seen that happen. So it's not that they, it was just maybe the wrong person. It was wrong chemistry. We were talking about that again today about chemistry. That's a huge, it's huge in business. It's huge everywhere. It's putting that team together that can get along, right? Uh, we watch sports. If you're interested in sports at all or work, there's, there's, they hire the, we're going to hire the best people that do this. And the people don't get along and the thing doesn't work. They've hired the best people, but it doesn't work because they don't have chemistry. You got to have chemistry with that person that you're, um, that you're marrying or that you're cohabitating with. And it's way further than looks and personality. There's a lot more to it. There's a lot more to that chemistry i have a friend that um has um she's a uh victim i guess i don't know if victim's not the right word her and her sister her their parents are divorced and the mom's remarried and they have to manage sometimes they have to manage and they shouldn't have to manage those relationships that's not their job right it's not a kid's job to manage but if they want to get along with everybody they got to kind of manage it and I don't think the parents are the type that talk bad about each other, but there's still the lingering situation that, you know, um, that there's a that there's a broken relationship that they were, that they had to witness and they have to deal with. And I'm not even sure how long it's been going on, but um, we, we tried not to ever put our kids in that situation where there was that link. They had to manage our relationships with our exes. Um, timing wise, the way you look at when we were raising the kids because of high school and sports and middle schools and all that, um, they were probably with us a lot more, the kids that we had custody of, because just because of time, right? They had to, 
and the and the extras would come to the games and everything, and we got along fine. We sit in this, we could sit next to him. I don't really care. Didn't bother me, but um, uh, but it was definitely uh, you know, we had to, I don't know, not not sacrifice. That's not the word. We just had to put up with what was going on. And I listen, I don't. I didn't think about them that much. Like if they were, this wasn't something that bothered me. If I had to sit there with the, my ex-wife's new husband, didn't, wasn't bother me at all. You know, we'd discuss the kids, we'd discuss sports, we'd discuss whatever. And it was just that way. So not a big deal. Um, but I'm, I guess probably if you had to ask me what I regret in life the most, I regret those failed marriages because it was hard on the kids and it wasn't fair to them. And, and it brings out, it brought out the worst in me. It brought out the worst in my ex-wives. And we said things and did things that we shouldn't have done out of spite just to hurt the other person. And when you're starting to do shit like that, you need to fucking separate. You need to get away from that person somehow. Of course, if you get away from that person, then you leave your kids. And that's, that's exactly, I'd say it was kind of out of love that we did those things despite out of love of our children, you know, to hurt each other. It's the dumbest thing. It's the dumbest sentence when I just said it. I can't believe I just said that. But it is kind of true. It's kind of, we were just, we were being those hunters, kind of protecting our, kind of huddling over our kids, saying, you know, scratching at the other person to get away while we were with our kids. So I guess ultimately it was about how much we loved our children that we were such assholes. Does that make, I hope that, that doesn't sound like it makes sense, but I think it really does. Um, all, as far as I'm concerned, dads are there to protect their children. That's what I was trying to do. If they were in a bad situation or, of course, I escalated the situation too. I remember one time one of my, my ex-wife went to a concert, right? And I had the kids. And um, I didn't take them back that night because she was at the concert. And the next morning I was woken by the police because I didn't bring the kids back when I was supposed to. And... I should have done. I should have taken the kids back, no doubt. I had communicated with somebody else and said, "I'll just keep them until tomorrow and just let her know, and I'll bring them back then." Um, I should have brought them back. That was the rules. That was the way the thing was laid out. But I didn't really need to get the police called on me either. So, um, again, intentional hurting each other. So as I watch my kids build relationships, I'm very proud of. The kids that are in relationships, they're they're doing a really good job managing their relationships, I should say. And and they have, I think they've discussed expectations with their spouses. And you know, except for my daughter uh going through a divorce, everybody else has been pretty um pretty consistent. Uh the same guys are around. I say guys because it's all girls. Well, my son has a very successful relationship and um and they've peppered in kids there. That's why we have 16 grandkids. Everybody has a kid now. And so I think they're doing a good job. I'm proud of what they're doing. Um, I'd like to see a few things different, but from just from a dad's point of view, from a religious point of view, um, I think that will come around. That's their business at this point. It's not my business. It's the other thing we do as good in-laws is we don't get involved in our kids' relationships. We let them do what they do. And um, if they want to come talk to us, we're here. But I don't force myself on their relationships. I don't like everything that they do. But, you know, that's my parents didn't like everything I did either. So. That's just kind of how that goes. Um, but I think for the most part, everybody's doing really good. And, um, but I, I do see, I see a lot of their friends getting married. 
or getting in relationships and then they fail. And, um, you know, you can always Monday morning quarterback these relationships and go, well, this is why that happened. Cause he did this and she did that. And, you know, and I watch it all the time. It's, it's super sad, but, um, I can tell you this as, as, a I I was a child of divorce. My parents got divorced when I was 10 years old and I, I kind of looked back. I didn't really care. I, my dad wasn't around that much when I was 10 years old. He was out doing whatever he did. So as far as I was concerned, I didn't really, I didn't fucking care. I was doing my thing. I was playing sports. I was doing all that. But oddly enough, so my parents, that was in the 70s. Um, and in order to buy this house, they bought in Poway for when I moved there when I was 12. They had to get remarried. Um legally to buy that house back then you couldn't just buy a house with another person like you can do now i mean you and i could buy a house now it didn't matter but back then you had to be married to buy a house if you were gonna unless you had enough money as a single person and my parents didn't so they had to get remarried and then then they're kind of so then they're kind of the relationship kind of started over and it would never it was never a good relationship by the way but it was definitely different from pre-teen pre-10 years old or pre-12 years old to post-12 years old um, still not a good relationship. And then my mom met a, a gentleman and uh, my stepdad and they got married. And that was, a, that was probably, if my marriage isn't the best, that was the best marriage I've ever seen. They were very, um, man, they were like more of a storybook type marriage, I would say, kind of a textbook, uh, very attentive to each other, um, it was really, it was really awesome to see my mom have this guy love her so much and vice versa, watching this guy love. And and he taught me a lot when I was, because I was already, I was, well, I was working on my second, I was married already to my second wife. And um, we did not have that nurturing relationship that they have. And, and, you know, I should say that I shouldn't have waited to the end of this. While we were married, it wasn't, it was great. I mean, we had fun. You know, my second marriage, we had a lot of fun. We had friends come over all the time. We would, you know, we'd drink and party and do all that. All the kids all made it to school on time. We had a great time, you know. And even my first wife, we had fun. We did, you know, kids stuff, you know, young young married people stuff. I think we didn't probably go out by ourselves enough. We were so, and that was my fault. I would take the blame 100% for that. I hated leaving the kids and going out. Especially when I started traveling, I hated leaving the kids because I didn't see them when I was traveling. But my my wife needed to get out of the house, and I didn't take her. Right, so one hundred percent my fault. That was something I did that, and and Kit and I don't get it out a lot. But remember, when we met, we had four years where we didn't have the kids every weekend. Started to get where we did have them, but we had an opportunity to go out and just be adults too. And we take that time now when we when we get a chance, we'll go out and act like adults. So. That's something I would definitely, if I ever had to recommend anything, keep dating, <laughs> keep going out, going to the movies, doing things like that. And like I said, I don't, we don't do it enough. Kit and I don't. And uh, now that I said that and she hears this, we'll be going out for a while. I'll guarantee you. And um, so that's a big deal. I think you really need to, the kids will be fine. You know, the kids are not going to break if they're with a babysitter or if they're with your mom or you're with whoever. They're not going to, you know, no one's going to break your kids. I would say this, though, about my exes, too. I never thought they were going to hurt the kids. I never uh, I never thought that. And I never and I might have said out of stupidity, I might have said that at some point. But I, kn- I knew they'd always take care of the kids and the kids would be fine. Um, and my my 
daughter needs to understand that too, that her spouse, ex-spouse, as much as I, I don't like the person, he's not, he, his, he's not intending to hurt his daughter. Right. And, um, we look at it as well, you know, they didn't spend time where, you know, I remember saying, uh, you know, they get the kids and they take them to a babysitter. That, that wasn't the, that was the least of the problems. It was, they were probably trying to nurture their relationship, whatever relationship they were in. So I'm not sure I even hit on all the points that I wanted to hit on in this, in this, because I really didn't talk about how it affected the kids because honestly, I don't really know how it affected the kids. To me, it was a normal day, right? It was a normal life. Once I met Kit, it was very much, um, there wasn't this, uh, it wasn't so crazy. Once I met Kit, so we met, I think it's how old my oldest daughter was. I'm going to do some math. She was probably in middle school by the time we met. So I, I don't think, although there was probably a lot of damage done in between there to our kids, um, I probably wasn't sensitive to that. I just had to make sure that the house was taken care of and that, and that, um, you know, that the bills were paid and the lights were on and there was food on the table and Kit was doing her best to do the same thing with her kids. And we had a very consistent, um, the kids got a very consistent upbringing with Kit and I, because we didn't really, nothing really changed. My exes, they were doing whatever they were doing. So I was not interested in their life. And, um, but listen, you know, you look back on life and you're like, a lot, so much shit just meant nothing when you look back at it. Right? Things you got angry about, things that, you know, you might regret or things like that. The only reason I regret failing in the marriage is because I didn't do enough planning. I didn't, I didn't sit down with that person. And, you know, there, there was a chance that we, I could have been with those girls for 30, 40 years. I don't know. But, you know, it didn't work out that way. But maybe with some better prep, we could have done that. Um, I know it's hard, especially if you're young and you're in your 20s and you're listening to this podcast to understand that you could be with somebody for 40 years. I, I just, that's a hard concept to, to understand. Um, but uh, people do it all the time, right? Um our grandparents did it. Our parents did it, hopefully. And um, I know it's kind of a hard concept to understand because there's so many years. You know, first of all, it's hard enough for a for a 25 year old to think they're going to make it to my age. I, I didn't think I'd make it to my age. So um, it's it's kind of a hard concept to get your hands around, to get your arms around. But listen, I I know way more successful people in marriages than I do divorced people. By the way, um, just in my circle of friends, I have way more successes than failures, right? And, and the ones that did fail, I, I could, I could have told you it would fail. And I've been wrong about that, by the way. I know I have some friends that got married and I'm like, this will never last. And um still going, still going strong, maybe 15, 20 years are doing great. You know, I think, I think they've grown into that. And it's kudos to those people that have, that have had those, that success. Um, I think it's great, but listen, I, it was, it was very hurtful, you know, in my twenties, a lot, there was a lot of hurt going on, right? Both, both directions. It wasn't just me getting hurt. I was hurting people too. Um, out of, out of just frustration or I don't know what it was out of, but you just, 
it's a shitty it's a shitty part of human humanity right that we do that that we get back into these corners and we we do we do shit that when we see it on facebook we're disgusted and we go and turn around and do it i can tell you that that wouldn't happen now um it would be a whole different situation if god forbid something happened to my relationship with kit it wouldn't be that volatile thing that happened when i was in 20 when you're in your 20s you're immature right you're you're, you're lashing out. You're not thinking things through. You're doing a lot of things different. Um, and just so you know, I, I have no even small thought of an inkling that that would happen with Kit or I, but I can tell you I would have a lot. I'm a lot better off um, as a man now that I could handle something, a situation like that. So I don't really think about it because that's not going to happen. But I hope that... Um, like I said, this is kind of a weird podcast, but it kind of, in essence, it kind of encapsulates everything that I talk about anyway. I talk about getting over limitations. I talk about, you know, telling your story. I talk about, um, you know, excuses and self-esteem and things like that. And this kind of encapsulates, I mean, you think about a marriage or a relationship like that, it takes up a lot of your life. I mean, it's just 24 hours a day, right? While you're While you're trying to get over limitations, while you're telling that story, why you're doing that job, why you're trying to get all these things are happening at the same time. And that marriage is really that biggest consistent part. So the more successful you can be in that marriage, the better off you're going to be outside of that marriage in that, you know, when you're trying to get those promotions or you're trying to learn or read and all those things, if you have this foundation and I call that marriage, if you're, if you're married and you have those, that family, that's your foundation. That's, that's who you are. That's not what you do. What you do is when you go to work. This marriage and all these things are who you are. And you're a father and you're a, you're a mother and you're an aunt and uncle and brother and sister and son. Those are all the things you are, not the things you do. So as you're looking forward at relationships, you're looking at relationships that people are in. The, the, I guess the, the greatest lesson my mom ever taught me is my dad had a drinking problem. And she would consistently tell me, this is not your problem. It's his problem. Right. You can't fix it. You can't change it. You can't do anything about it. You have to focus on what you're doing and move forward. And this is the advice I would give for kids that are in a divorced situation, whether it's ongoing, whether it's happened in the past or it might happen in the future. God forbid you have no control over what those two people are going to do. Your mom and dad, they are their own individual people. And it's hard for us to look at our mom and dad as humans, right? As because they're, they're our mom and dad, right? They don't do anything wrong. They they do this, they do that. And and I've told this piece before, after my dad passed away, my mom and I got a lot of time to discuss things, to discuss relationships and discuss my dad and discuss her growing up, the way she grew up and things like that. And I really got to understand her as a person, right? Not just my mom. And I got to understand the hurdles she had to get over, stuff she had to deal with with my dad and her dad and her stepdad. She had an awful stepdad. And it was, it's why I have no regrets about my mom because I got to know her so well through those. And I, and I, God, I pray every day that I see her again because um, she's mold, she molded me so much into kind of understanding that people are going to do what people do, right? And we just have to have compassion and pray and all those things. I just got contacted from my, her cousin who's in her eighties now and um, we're getting together. She really didn't have any family left. 
out of the blue, she found me on, on Facebook of all places. And, and I remember her, I was in her wedding at four years old. I was her ring bearer. And I remember that day and all those things. And this, so this family, this nucleus, you guys are building out there in your marriages and um, with your kids, raising your kids, it's so important in life, right? To have that family. And even if you get divorced, it's still important to keep that family together. I could literally call my ex-wives and have everybody over here, their kids too, if they were in town and take a family photo, for instance, I, they would, they would be on board with that because of all the bad things either one of us did, um, we're, we get along well enough now we can all get together in the same room and celebrate a life or celebrate whatever we had to celebrate. Um, so, you know, I guess in the whole scheme of things, um, even though my divorces at the time were sad and they were, you know, um, you know, not wanted. And I wish I would have done things differently at this point in my life. Uh, it was, they were all good decisions. Everything worked out. We can all get along. We can all talk to each other. You know, if, if anybody had an emergency, we could all help each other. I mean, we have this, um, like lineage right through my ex-wives and, kid and her kids and their kid they have kids too now so there's all these brothers there's like 17 brothers and sisters or something when you all see and it's all really worked itself out so in the whole scheme of things it was it's all been a good experience would i change it i don't know we always say we'd change that shit no i wouldn't change it because because i'm where i'm at today and i get to talk to you and and i'm building relationships i'm building my podcast i'm doing all these things and and I always know that actually, technically, I mean, if I really needed it, I could call them and they would help me probably in two seconds. So um, anyway, uh, I really appreciate you listening. This is me getting a little vulnerable for you. Um, we have some great guests coming up on my podcast. And uh, I just finished with a great guest, the Brett from the uh, Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce. If you haven't seen that one, watch it. Brett's a very kind man. Very good father, loving husband, all those good things. And he's a smart business guy, too. And we had a great conversation. I have a friend who just wrote a book. He's going to be on next week, hopefully. Um, I'm yet to read his book, but I'm going to. And I just got some good stuff coming up. So something I've really committed to. And then I have a big surprise for you at the end of the month. But I'm not telling you what it is because it wouldn't be a surprise then, right? So anyway, I appreciate you listening. I'd always love feedback. If you guys want to feedback on, on Facebook or email me at edfranklin.nolimits at gmail.com. If you have a topic you'd like to talk about, if you'd like to be a guest, if you know somebody you'd like to be a guest, if you have a company or organization would like me to come out and speak and talk about personal growth, then I would absolutely leave those people that I talked to with, with a plan and, and something. And, and I won't tell you more about that, but you can watch my Facebook and LinkedIn feeds for that information. So I really appreciate you listening. Um, I couldn't do this obviously without you and I want to keep doing it because of you. And I want you to share this as much as possible. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's edfranklin.nolimits at gmail.com to communicate with me. Um, I have a great week. It's going to be wet next week. Please stay safe. Happy new year again. And uh, I hope to talk to you guys soon. Thank you very much for listening.